With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawk fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alvstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football, and we're going to preview the Seahawks visiting the Detroit Lions this Sunday. Uh, try to get that game against the Rams purged from the system, go into the Lions uh, as an underdog now. Um, we always knew this game was going to be competitive, I think, on our prediction show. I think I had it as a win. I can't remember exactly where you were at with this. It may have been I also had loss. it as a win, but oh, okay. that man, that was before Seattle lost both of its starting oh. offensive tackles. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today, Keith. Welcome in. Yeah, um Seahawks got to get things figured out because um the Lions are coming off a big win beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Um That was now a great the CX, game, by the way. What? That was a great game. It was a great game. Um, it was a lot of fun. You've got uh, um, a there. That's a good team coming off a big win. Now the Seahawks have to go on the road, coming off a bad loss, and you don't want to go zero and two. Uh, that you, you don't want any any part of going zero and two. This is a real important game for Seattle. Yeah, you know when I came into this season, I looked at the Lions as being basically the the same sort of team. Uh, on the upward swing, well coached. Uh, the Lions did well last year, had a formidable offense. The Seahawks had a, a formidable offense coming into the season. Uh, that there were questions on the defense, but it looks uh, like the Lions took a couple more steps forward than maybe the Seahawks did this season. Now it's early, and I don't want to, you know, completely rule out the Seahawks turning it around and completely having a great season. But what I'm saying is the Lions are going to have a great season. You can just see it. You saw it against the um, the Kansas City Chiefs. 
diminished Chiefs, nonetheless, good team. Well-coached um, team. Well-coached team. You know, the Lions are, are crazy. The The fans are, are really excited for this team. The Lions have sold out their uh, home opener for the first time in 41 years. Um, they're, they're very excited about the team, and rightly so. Um, they were one of the hottest teams down the stretch. Um, Jared Goff is turned into a really good quarterback. Um, I'm not going to say he's top 10 in the NFL, but he's, he's borderline. Um, he's become, he's become really steady. He's not a dynamic playmaker. No one's going to confuse him for, um, you know, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or, um, you know, Mahomes or anything, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes like he used to. He, um, completing a high percentage of his passes. He's not forcing the ball. Um, he's really doing what Dan Campbell wants him to do. Um, and it's working. I mean, it really is working. It's, uh, it's everything that Minnesota wanted out of Kirk cousins, uh, for, for a very long time. And they've got it in Jared Goff in Detroit. Um, you know, he was uh, 14 touchdowns uh, to interception ratio at the end of the season last year, the final seven games, finishing 29 to seven overall. I think he can improve that this year. Um, I like his weapons. They added a really nice tight end and uh, Sam Laporta that we both liked in the draft. Um, he backed that up last week um, against the Chiefs, went 23 of 35 for uh, 253 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Um, third longest streak in the NFL for uh, lack of interceptions at 359 um, passes currently. Um, the Lions were fifth in points scored last year at uh, 453 and fourth in yards overall at 6,460. Uh, last week, David uh, Montgomery was at a primary back, which surprised me a little bit. Well, not not much, but David Montgomery's a, a good back, good, solid uh, physical back. 21 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Jamari Gibbs is the kid to watch, I think, emerge in this game against the Seahawks, unfortunately. Had seven carries, 42 yards, but he's the dynamic guy. He's the guy with the blistering speed, a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and really cause damage from anywhere on the field, home run kind of threat. Um, I look to the Lions to try to get him the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, Montgomery's that steady between the tackles guy um, that can that can pound you, but Jamari Gibbs is the home run guy, and I think that you know the, the Lions are going to look to that as well. Last year was a shootout, Keith. Um, I'm not sure what what's going to happen in this game, but I think the Lions know that that's the winning formula for them. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. And then I think I don't want to overstate um, the offense for the Detroit Lions, because if you look back to um, last week's game, yeah, they beat they beat a good Chiefs team, but they also um, scored two offensive touchdowns in the entire game. And it's not like they were way out in front and just trying to run the clock out. Um, they were behind for a big chunk of that game. Um so, I don't know. Um, now, Gibbs, also, like you said, didn't get the run that I think everyone expected him to get. And eventually that will happen. He's just a more dynamic player. I hope it's not this week. You know, I, I, I hear you on that. I think that the Rams had a strategy going in. And you take a look at, at David Montgomery, and that was their strategy. They were going to try to 
keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, control the clock. They did that. They had the the, the ball for 33 minutes to um, Kansas City's 27. You never see that. Kansas City's always dominating. Or or they're just scoring a ton of points quickly. Um, the the defense for, for Detroit is interesting. That's where they're, I think they're, their season hinges. Their offense is going to be great, no doubt about that. But they were 28th in points allowed last year um, and dead last in yards allowed at 392. That's a bunch. Um, they are a blitz-happy team. They blitz 35% of the time. I think league average is closer to 25%. We could see some of that on Sunday. Um, Especially Aiden, without... You're starting two offensive exactly, tackles. and then you've got Aiden Hutchinson. I think that's the key advantage for the for the Lions on the defense is their defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson is um, <laughs> he could be lined up against 41 year old Jason Peterson, Keith, or Jason <sighs> Peters. Sorry, yeah, I know what you meant. Um, yeah, that's scary, uh, especially a guy that hasn't practiced. We don't not even sure if he's in game shape. Um, and now you're going to run him out there against Hutchinson. That's not going to go well. Yeah. And John Comiskey on the other side, to be completely honest, is totally underrated. Underrated guy. I've always liked him. Jo- uh, Benito Jones, their nose tackle, is also uh, very accomplished. Uh, LM uh, McNeil is the other guy in there. Just a, a nice, skilled defensive line. It's not overwhelming, but it's, it's, it's enough to do the trick. And then they've got Jack Campbell at middle linebacker. He's not starting, but he's playing a lot. Derek Barnes is in there full time. They've got a decent secondary too. One of my favorite players in the NFL is, um, CJ, uh, Gardner Johnson, uh, just a physical fun ball hockey kind of free safety, um, Mm -hmm. in, in the NFL. And they got Brian branch too. kid. We liked in the draft. He's playing nickel for them. So I see an active secondary backed up with a really nice punch on the on the front end of their defense to kind of cause issues. Now, can Seattle overcome those things? Yeah, Seattle's got a dynamic offense. I think they're going to need to work on getting the ball out quickly this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't Every know exactly what the gonna, tackles get back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I really don't. It, I'm I'm kind of discombobulated a little bit. With Seattle's offense, they really threw me for a loop last week of not being successful at all. Now, the first half, they looked good. I thought they would build on that in the second half, and they didn't. I don't know what to expect now with this Seahawks team. Do you have any idea what is going to show up on Sunday? No, I don't. Um, And that's a problem. And I, I figured that we'd know. I mean, we had all of training camp to, you know, watch practices. We had the preseason. And then they came out in you know, the game against the Rams and just weren't the same team and they weren't good. That's the problem. Um, and, uh, I, I expect them to kind of get back to what we saw and what we thought we were going to get a team with more, um, more motion, um, pre-snap offense, more moving, uh, uh, Geno Smith around post-snap so that way he's not just dropping straight back, especially with the tackles out, um, and, you know, getting guys open, not by just saying, here, go get open, but like scheming guys open. Um, I really think that we're going to get more of that and that'll be helpful. Um, 
also wonder if, uh, you know, they might be able to take advantage of the fact that Emmanuel Mosley is not going to play. Um, so that's a, that's a big loss at, at cornerback for the, um, for the lions. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we watched the, the Seahawks run some screenplays in preseason, in, in preseason, as well as in camp, like over and over, they practiced over and over and over again. If there's a way to slow down a pass rush, that would be it. Seattle's just never been very successful at it, and so it's never been part of their game plan. But if it if it is part of their game plan, if it is in the playbook and they feel comfortable and confident running those plays, this is the week. Yeah, I mean, they tried one um, last week, and it got completely blown up. And um, that's never a good, good thing. Um I don't know. I think that it's uh, it, it, that some screens, um, some Jackson quick Smith throws and could be a, a playmaker in this game. Yeah, um, Jason didn't have as big a game as I thought um, he would last week, and I'm really hoping that he comes through with a bigger game, a much bigger performance um, this week, and because the team needs him to. They with you know they're gonna need guys to get open and get open quickly, um, especially in the middle of the field. And he can do that. So he can do that as well as anyone. There's, there's, there's two philosophies that we've seen the Seahawks uh, adapt to, to win against certain teams in certain situations. And the, the overarching thing that's come into my, my mind this week, as we prepare for this show and for this game, is the idea of establishing the run and continuing to um, to go to the run, um, even if you're down by you know seven ten points early, you know be prior to the you know midway point of the third quarter. I think it's going to be important to try to uh, keep somewhat of control on the the uh, the clock um, because Detroit can just score at will. Uh, you know, at times against certain defenses and um, Seattle needs to kind of control this thing a little bit, I think in order to have a chance. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially because when you look at the first half when Seattle's offense um, started clicking and, and, and really did some good things. Um, Ken Walker was having a big game, um, was doing really well. And so if you can, can get that going, keep um, Detroit's offense off the field. Not that you're like, Oh, we have to like, you know, treat him like he's Mahomes or something, but it's more of a um, get him off the field so that way he can't get into that rhythm and he can't get that like um, you know kind of uh, thing going. Because I think if he was sitting on the sidelines and he's coming in cold and coming in with pressure, um, he's likely to be you know Jared Goff. And so um, being able to run the ball, putting up some points on the ground, that kind of stuff will be a big deal, and it will slow the pass rush down. So this team, Seahawks, minus two starting tackles, Keith, uh, how weakened and diminished does that make the team realistically? Can somebody come in? Can a Jason Peters come in and at least hold down that side, allow Kerhan to, to play on the right side, and, and see what happens? I mean, does, do we still have a chance? I mean, yeah, of course we have a chance. Um, 
And but it's the defense has to step up and play better, and the offense has to be more conservative and do some things to take the pressure off um, the backup tackles. I mean, that's just what it's going to have to be. So conservative meaning not take your shots down the down the the field. Well, yeah, I mean, don't run back uh, straight back. Uh, you know, a seven-step drop and expect to stand back there and wait for long um, routes to to develop. Uh, it's not because they're not going to develop. You're going to get smacked, <laughs> and so uh, get the ball out faster, um, which means a lot more shorter passes, that kind of thing. Interesting. So on the defense, when you're going up against Montgomery and uh, Jamari Gibbs. Uh, what can we expect the Seahawks to do as far as defending the run in this game? I think what, I, what I'm going to expect is a lot of what they did this last week. You're going to see, um, you're going to see them play pretty well. I mean, they they've got kind of the guys to do it, um, you know, up front and um, at linebacker, and and I think they're going to be fine as far as that goes. I would be w- more worried about you know, uh, Jamari Gibbs, you know, running a wheel route and catching a big play down the sideline. Um, then I am watching him, you know, run up the middle. Okay. Um, so with that said, are you thinking that the Seahawks run more nickel and dime defense in this game as a percentage, or do you stay in base more so that you can defend the run first and then worry about those sorts of routes later on? I mean, I would stay in base early in the game. Um, I think that having those guys, uh, on the field, um, you know, having both Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner out there, um, against, you know, this, this rushing attack is going to be useful. Um, I also think that if you are, if they do pass, you know, you got to send, um, someone. And so that helps too. If you go to nickel, right. So, who comes back? Who comes on? That's my question. Well, I think if it's, it's going to be Witherspoon now. He's ready to if go. If it's Kobe Bryant, I'm not interested. If it's Trey Brown, I'm not that interested. Um, but Trey Brown may may still start. Um, both of those guys, I haven't liked what I've seen um, from in the preseason or uh, in this first game. Now, if Mike Jackson's back out there and you're bringing Witherspoon in, okay, I can I can get behind that a little bit. I, what I really want is to see Witherspoon out there as a starter, and um, so you get the best uh, the best players on the field, and then you know go from there. So, uh, not that you know this answer, but you've been around football long enough. What went on in the meetings and in, in at at the VMAC? this week (laughs) a lot of head shaking a lot of people watching and just being like oh why did we do that um because there were a lot of mental mistakes especially on defense and that's the kind of stuff that's like gonna it just kills you i i think they're gonna see there, there was a lot of that i don't think there was a lot of yelling and screaming i don't think there was a lot of finger pointing i think there was just a lot of disappointment in themselves and a lot of coaches just nodding their head at everyone's disappointment going, yeah, that's what we need to see. Now let's get out there and, and work our asses off and not do that again. Um, so do we'll you see, think in that building and the players, this is very early, uh, the players respect all the coaches and the scheme and feel like it was more of a execution issue? There didn't seem to be any of that last year where they were 
questioning the the scheme or anything. And I don't think it's you know there's enough now for them to um, to be doing that. Uh, the fact that the the front was much more active. They weren't trying to two gap that kind of stuff. They were getting penetration and tackles for loss, especially against the run. I think that's the that's the kind of stuff that's going to um, be questioned if they don't if they aren't doing if they're asking guys to two gap and be passive, um, like they were at times last year. Um, I think the coverage can work. Guys just got to do it well, and they haven't been. So I looked at the grades for. Mario Edwards, you singled him out, I think, in a in our reaction show initially as being a guy maybe that didn't step up and do a job. He actually had a 70 pro football focus grade overall. Um, second Wait, graded so he, out the second best defender on the defense. Okay. And he, My, he he can he can um play the run well. He was part of why the you know the the Rams struggled to run the ball because he did a good job um getting penetration, setting the you know, an edge when he needed to. Um, pursuing, you know, that kind of stuff, staying disciplined. He did a good job with that, but he didn't, uh, and he's not going to, he's just not going to um, light up a stat sheet and he's not going to create a lot of um, pressure and that kind of stuff. And they really need more help um, in, in the passing game. And he's just, that's not who he is. So the one guy that they brought in to do that very thing, to, to provide more help was Draymond Jones and Draymond Jones was not uh, a guy that stepped up in this game, had a couple of tackles and, and no pressures, no quarterback hits, no sacks in his uh-huh. first game in a Seahawks uniform. What do you expect from the Seahawks pass rush? What did you expect going into the season? What changes do you expect to see in this game? I expected them to be just flat out better. They had, you know, no sacks and like four pressure or four quarterback hits or in the entire game. That can't be continue. I expected them to be better just across the board. And I think that okay, even if um I was, even if Trey Jones actually... doesn't have sacks, I expect him to be it's because they're double teaming him and that opens up and you see Boye Mafe coming in, you know, fairly clean. Um and, and getting stuff. And so you, then it becomes pick your poison for the other team where it's like, okay, but if we don't double uh, Dre Jones, then he's going to be the guy in the backfield. I need to see that. Like that needs is to be there, what what's happening. Is there a, an argument to be made to load up the box more in this game than, than fall back into a dime package where you've got six defenders, six, six uh, defensive backs on the field? I don't think so. I think it's more uh, it's more balanced than that um, because Detroit, yeah, they've got running backs and a pretty good running game, but they also throw the ball a lot, even if it's short underneath stuff. And you can't just you know load up the box with your run stuffers and expect that to to um, get it done. Well, they don't. Well, the, the reason that I ask that is they don't really have quote unquote run stuffers on this team, if if you will. It, I would replace that guy a run stuffer with a, a guy that could actually get penetration to affect the, the pocket, to rush mm-hmm. the passer, to send on a blitz package or whatever. We didn't see a lot of that against the lions. Do you think that maybe we see a little bit more exotic looks in this game? God, I hope so. Cause they did, like I said, they up front, they just had their guys, they all rushed, you know, straight forward um, over and over again. And uh, it didn't generate the pressure. I think they thought it was going to, they need to do something else. They, they, they need to um, 
just be a little bit more dynamic in terms of what they're you know doing uh where you have stunts where the um tackle is you know goes on the outside and it opens up the lane on the inside for the defensive end um you've got to do that kind of stuff sometimes to uh keep people off balance create pressure um get guys thinking and they just did not do enough of it let's talk uh and finish this show out talking about geno smith the wide receivers and tight ends in this game uh, let's set aside the the um, the ability to pass block and so forth from the tackles for just a minute, and talk about the way that you'd like to see Geno Smith respond to his second half performance, to the offense's second half performance against the Rams in this game to give us a shot. There were a few plays, like I know everyone, I'm sure everyone remembers the third and four, and he throws it 40 yards downfield at DK, but doesn't even give him a shot because it's way out of bounds. Like that's the kind of thing that you you can't do. Um, that's that's a uh, even if you're going to make that throw, at least give your guy a chance to catch it. It's a long punt if you don't succeed anyway. So give a guy a shot. Yeah, especially DK uh, for sure. And so there was some decision making that uh, was questionable in the second half by um, by Gino, not just on that play but others. I would like to see thing him calm down a little bit and do a better job of just knowing down in distance, uh, finding an open guy, just stop forcing the ball. Cause he did a couple times where he was like, just like that one, just trying to get the ball to DK. And it just, at some just point not, you could do get frustrated. I can see that. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Your, your pass rushers are getting to you. Your offensive lines breaking down, you know it. So you just kind of have to take your shots, even if it's a 40% chance or a 30% chance. Um, just because you, you know, your back's against the wall. I get it. But, um, okay. Talk to me about the, the receivers. What can we do in this game to scheme our, our guys open and do it quickly? We're going to have to probably get the ball out in, in two to two and a half seconds max. Well, I think what you should see is the receivers a little tighter to the formation. Uh, so no, you're not going to spread the defense out further to help well, your, your pass rush. I don't think so. I think I'm going to bring him in a little tighter in that that creates more space outside for a guy like Lockett or um, where you can, you know, get the ball uh, out to him because there's nobody out there um, and that like that kind of thing. So you can, about, you can do yeah, that. You can run slants. That's, that's somewhat risky, uh, especially with a guy like CJ uh, Johnson Gardner, Gardner Johnson. I mean, that guy's very active and, and anticipates really well. If you're throwing outs, I mean, you can get picked off. And you can throw to the other side of the field where uh, Mosley is not playing. True. And and you're hoping that Njigba's got single coverage. Yeah, and you've also and, got... Or Jake um, Bobo. <laughs> well, and if you're, if you're doing that, um, especially if you run in, you know, stacks or bunch uh, formations uh, there on the inside, you can get guys a clean release, um, whether it be outside or in. Um, and if you can get them a clean release and get them some uh, separation, you can get them on a quick slant. You can get them um, on a on a short cross and now, and get now those the Seahawks run a lot of different things out of the similar formations. I don't see a lot of trips formations and all that kind of stuff. It's stacked formations for wide receivers in this offense. Yeah, everything's kind of spread out, you know, quite a bit. Um, and then there's motion. So you're saying if we can initiate some some stacking some some trips 
right or left, get guys, uh, you know, out of the same route tree initially, uh, and then just spread out from there, we can get at least one of those guys open. Yeah, I, I, I've always liked, liked that idea, especially in a, in a situation where you've got to throw the ball early um, because, you know, the pass rush is going to um, gonna suffer. And if you run, you you know, if you get in in a stack or a, a bunch formation, one of the guys is going to get a clean a clean release and be open. Uh, you pretty much can't stop it, and, and it's just a matter of the quarterback constantly making the right read and getting the ball to the right person quickly. Um, and a lot of times, I you wouldn't trust. You, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there you don't trust to do that too often. But Gino's shown, uh, you know, he showed last year he made a lot of those, you know, kind of plays and, and did them yeah. well. And I'd like to, you know, give him the opportunity to um, make a lot of those reads. Cause I think he can, he can do it. This is a game where, you know, like last game, Will Dizzy, I thought started really well, had a couple of receptions uh, over the middle um, out of, out of similar formations, quick throws, um, quick reads, first reads actually. And I just think that Seattle would benefit a lot if, Disley and Fant really got into this game and had 10, 12 targets uh, combined. Um, oh, yeah. I think that would they would find some success there and get some rhythm and move the chains. And, and really, that's all you, you want out of this game. Now, win or lose, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. We'll have a prediction here in a second. I don't, but you've got to change the ability to convert on third downs uh, mm-hmm. and to have a chance in this game. You just do. I don't know if you're going to end up having time to go over the top. And if you don't have time to go over the top, you're going to have to win going down the field in small little chunk plays. Um, you know, five, six yards, three yards, another six, seven yards. Um, that may be the way that they need to, to score in this game. So are you willing to play that game and have it, be where you need a 12 or 13 play drive to score when when when's the last time that we were successful at a game like that i can't remember for sure uh this offense especially with guys like dk and lockett kind of built for creating explosive plays yeah and so but we um, also have an opportunity here keith we've got guys like ken walker and dj dallas um and even charbonnet Guys mm-hmm. like Lockett, Metcalf, and Jigba, even Bobo is a chain mover. Noah Fant, Disley, Parkinson's a red zone guy. We've got guys that can actually execute. And, and Gino's a, a good quarterback. He spreads the ball around. He's, he can get the ball out quick. We do have the ability, I think personnel-wise, to, to be able to do that. But you're right. We do get impatient, it seems. Um, and we kind of launch it. And we kind of kill drives that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, at some you point gotta, you've you got you got to you got to take what the defense gives you, and yep. if that's what Detroit's going to give you, you got to take it. At least initially, it. the first couple quarters, you've got to be able to run the ball, get the ball to your tight ends, short yardage conversions, third downs, to give yourself a chance in the second half to take some of those shots. I think that's it for me. Yeah. I mean, you got to. That's the only way in this game. You've got to you've got to control the ball for at least 30 minutes in this game. Last game, we had the ball for 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. The Rams the, the had it for 40 minutes. The that 20 to 40 split game. can't happen in any game. No. And if it does, you're almost certainly going to lose. All right. Talk to me. How you feeling? 
Uh, honestly, I don't think I'm as pessimistic about this game as you seem to be. Um, as we're talking here, I think the CX can make a lot of little changes and get some stuff done. I think the offense can do stuff, some stuff where you're taking the backup tackles and you're giving them a little help, at least initially. Um, and then letting the tight end release and, uh, that kind of stuff. I think you can, um, you can make it work. And I, I see this game being a lot lower scoring than last year's game. Uh, yeah, but still, I do too. but still coming out with something like a, you know, 24 21 seattle yeah i'm thinking 27 23 unfortunately i've I've got detroit and the reason that i say that is you know detroit's average you're gonna gonna probably allow 23 to 25 yards a a game i think our tackles do affect what we try to do it just is what it is um i do see us scoring you know a a decent amount in this game it's not going to be like last game um i worry about our defense uh, their ability to convert on third downs. Again, an emphasis point from Pete Carroll this year. Um, and and I think we fall short yet again against a very difficult offense to do that against. Um, if we can control third downs and they ha- they, they ha- they're like two for 12 or two for 10 or something like that in the game, I think we win. Oh, yeah, they're um, two for 10. If they're two for 10, Seattle wins. Yeah, um, if they're I think that's, eight for that's easy. 14 or something like that, that's way too many opportunities, way too much success. And there's, I don't think that we can overcome that. I think I, I used to be able to think that we, like, and used to, meaning two weeks ago, when we were a full team uh, with no health considerations, I thought our offense could go and shoot against anybody. Um, and now I just don't know. I don't. I, I That one game has thrown me into doubt. I just don't know if we can or not. And part of that, too, is the defense. Our defense needs to be able to generate turnovers and give the offense more opportunities. If if we can do that in this game, if a guy like Witherspoon comes in and has an immediate effect um, with the players around him, Quandre Diggs can trust more that guys are going to be in their own positions, and Quandre can go scoop around the, the, the outside perimeter and the deep, the deep uh, 30%. And, and generate some punch outs and some turnovers, we got a shot. But I got to see that first, and then I'll be more confident. But I'm I'm not completely pessimistic. I was definitely in therapy uh, with you uh, on, <laughs> on the shows because I uh, yeah. was wanting to talk things out and kind of get in your head and and really kind of figure out if, we, if we're as bad as, as, as we looked. And I don't think we are, but I've got to see it to believe it. I'm in that. I'm in that spot. Yeah. Um, so you got the team falling to zero and two. I do, and I and and boy, it, I it that's is a hard not one to all, dig out of. It is not at all what I wanted or what I predicted. I predicted two and zero after two, uh, two uh, games. I would love to be wrong. I will come back here and I will do a dance. Um, if 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 I'm wrong and the team writes the ship and we win with two. Uh, replacement tackles and the offense is still dynamic and Geno Smith came up big uh, and the defense came up big, man, that'd be a celebration. I'd be happy, but it's really hard to kind of turn your team 180 degrees in one week, you know, from that performance that we saw last Sunday to something completely opposite. That would be a coaching miracle. Um, And we'll see, maybe they got it in them. I hope they do. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that that cleaning up 
there was just so many little things that led to that defensive performance. I think you can clean up a bunch of them because they're not huge. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And that would have made a massive difference in the, that game. I'd like to see that most of all. I, I get the defensive back thing. Most of all, I'd like to see that in, in the pass rush. We need mm-hmm. to have. We need to generate pressures. There's no excuse not to have at least 10 pressures in the game. There's no excuse not to have at least three sacks. There's just not. This is the NFL. You got to play, and we got some good players. You look, go down the list. It's like the, this isn't the scrap heap, guys. This is like these guys should be able to get it done, and um, I, I fully expect that. So we'll see. All right, let's get out of here. Let's go for a win. Let's get it. Come on, go come get on, it. guys. Yep. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is uh, Seahawks Playbook podcast you can find it on your uh your podcast platform of choice as well as our youtube channel and hit that subscribe button so till next time go hawks go hawks seahawks playbook podcast listeners thanks for joining us for another edition of the show you can find us on twitter bill is at nw seahawk keith is at myers nfl and the show is at hawks playbook You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.